Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> what are you doing? Blah, 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 blah. Are you practicing your fascinating conversation? No. I wrote a song yesterday. Really? I like it when you write songs. You do it so rarely. Fuck you. You do. It's a fact. I really like it and it happens rarely. <laughs> Not an insult. Those are just facts. <laughs> I actually went through and looked at all of my music that was on my computer that I that had, that had come from me all the stuff you'd composed and recorded yeah it's such a mess such a mess of stuff like shifting in tone and things not even that level not even getting to the music but just being able to find everything in my folders <laughs> I was like oh no and also then I was looking at like all the names I tried to work under there's like a, an album's worth of songs. They're under a name called <laughs> Papier Mache. <laughs> like with all the accents and stuff. What a dreadful name. I don't know what. Yeah. Back in 2007 or 2008, I recorded two sitcoms and a kids' pilot. And oh my God, so many hours and hours of footage because. Have I told you about this? Which one? The Map Shop, Robbie and Peter, and Nap Time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Robbie and Peter and The Map Shop were sitcoms, and Nap Time was a kid's show with puppets. It was my puppet Linus and uh, various others. And The Map Shop was meant to be a, a like 22-minute pilot, as most pilots are. We recorded a 90-minute pilot, which is a movie. We basically recorded a movie. Why? Because I didn't know <laughs> what the fuck I was doing. I wrote the thing, and it was 70 pages, and I was like, oh, that'll, that'll, that'll be 22, because everyone will talk fast. No. Not how it works. Roughly one page of a screenplay is equal to one minute. When you're trying to make like a 25 minute show and you have 70 pages of script, <laughs> something has already gone wrong. <laughs> this is part of why... So I'm starting this new podcast called Starving Artist, um, which is about creativity and money. And You're going to get any really good, sexy guests on? Uh, I'm going to interview you, so no. What? <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> And I'm interested in asking you, because you had just weird ideas about how to do oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I had no ideas. Like, I, I had, yeah, really strange ideas of how things worked. And so we recorded all this footage, endless footage, just hours and hours and hours of footage, and cut it all together. And I made some... They're okay. Like, they're fine. For, for like, the 21-year-old that I was, they're actually fairly good, but they're, yeah, they're not great. And as well as that, my little brother, who was at the time like 10, I guess, or, or no, about 10 or 11, 12 years old. Just like a baby, basically. He was on set with a handy cam recording all this behind the scenes footage and I've lost it all. Oh. And it's because I didn't organize my hard drives. So I really learned, like that was the moment I learned how to organize my hard drives. <laughs> you got to do it. Otherwise you'll just accidentally delete huge swathes of stuff. I don't even have most of the raw footage for the map shop. And that was, like I said, it was 90 minutes. I eventually cut it down to 22 minutes and it's a fairly tight but weird 22 minutes like it doesn't really make sense there's no plot but there's fairly consistent laughs <laughs> this sounds like a fucking terrible show <laughs> and can anyone watch it do you have a youtube yeah it's one? all online oh my god i'm gonna put that in the show notes peter's terrible show i find it interesting that you've never watched any of my stuff yeah 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 like we were together for a while no no, no. i watched some of that what'd you watch uh, the one with the robot. I watched Nap Time. You didn't? That, that's Help, is the one with the oh, robot. Oh, I watched Help. That was done uh, about four years later. I think I did Nap Time. And... Those are the puppets and the ninja? Yeah. And I watched some 
Gavin and Peter stuff. The Chainsaw Blokes? Yes. Yeah, the Chainsaw Blokes. I did that when I was 18. Like six, 15 through 18. That's, oh man, so young. Uh, anyway, so I learned a lot about organizing your folders and backing everything up and all that because I just lost all this footage that I really wish that I had. Because like I said, just hours and hours of me as a 21-year-old thinking I was knew what I was doing and directing actors. Like professional actors turn down paid work to come and do this stuff. Why? <laughs> because I was just so confident. I was like, we're going to do this and it's going to work. It's going to be on TV. We're going to be super successful. And I don't know, maybe the actors didn't have anything else to do, but they all... Like, they're, they're professional actors, and they're like, cool, okay, we'll take a week off and come do this pilot. And the script had good jokes. Like, the thing is, I'm, I wasn't a good I wasn't a great writer, but I, I had the idea of how jokes worked, so the script had consistent jokes. Tell you what, watch it, and then in, like, a couple of weeks' time, I'll ask you what you thought of it. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, you've committed to this now. No, I don't want to. Robbie and Peter had a lot of gay jokes, and the map shop had a pretty transphobic joke that I cut out. What was, like, as in, like derogatory gay jokes yeah just sort of like the joke was haha they're gay oh my god yeah really really young peter go home peter yeah fortunately i stopped writing that shit well good for everyone i suppose involved (laughs) good for the world okay you want to do an intro okay (sighs) hello welcome to being honest with my ex my ex is peter c hayward and my ex is sj better known as honor eastley and I, as you can probably tell from my beautifully nasal tone, am sick. Yeah, you are. Also, I remembered a little while ago we talked about like doing a little roundup of this. We what what about what we're doing? <laughs> say that again. <laughs> <laughs> Have fun editing that, you fuckhead. <laughs> Should we start again? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and as you may be able to tell, I am sick. Yeah, you are. Like, not fully, but... <laughs> not fully sick. Just just coffee sick. Like the drink. So, I don't know if you remember, but I think last time or the time before, we talked about um, I was going to be more honest online. Oh, right. Yeah. How's that been going? I would say that, like, very lackluster to the point that I'm not sure that I should give an update, but... <laughs> <laughs> You are so good at presenting information. <laughs> You're like, hey guys, guys, everyone stop and listen to me. Um, so someone just asked me, and I thought I thought it was important enough for everyone to know. Someone asked me how I am, and I thought I should tell everyone. Nothing new. <laughs> but I did, I did do one thing. Are you ready for it? Yep. Okay. Hit me. I put up a thing saying that I wasn't wearing a shirt when we were recording a podcast. Uh-huh. That was fine. But I feel like... The one... Is that the fucking update? That's nothing. No, 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 no. The one thing... Okay, the one thing that I felt like I was like, usually I wouldn't post this, okay. but but I'll post this, was a picture of me looking really weird, and it says, rolling up to house inspections, and I'm the only one here. Like, not even the man in the snazzy suit is here. Also, I think I might still be drunk, or at the very least, very likely to be in a world of pain soon. Which is not that interesting, really, except that I just, like, don't talk about drinking or drugs or anything like that right. online. Yeah. So it is, it is more honest without being shockingly more honest. No, it's not. Yeah. But lots of people liked that one. <laughs> this is the worst update ever. <laughs> Isn't it the worst? <laughs> but no, yeah, like, don't, like... Don't start the podcast with, like, here's an update on a thing. Yeah. I just thought, I thought you should know that... I mean, I feel like it's important 
to reveal like when you do experiments and there's just like nothing good to report. Don't you think? Yeah, no, that's, that's a fair that's call. That's a fair. Otherwise, it's just like, oh, I did experiments and big, big reaction. And you only hear about the successes. Not just successes, yeah, okay. but like successes or utter failures. But like you can no, do I, stuff I can and that. then like nothing can happen really. That's well in the spirit of being honest. But I'm going to continue and then hopefully there'll be some more updates like this. <laughs> Aren't we excited? Uh, speaking of weird experiments, I have I have something I want to get your th- your feedback on. What? So, <laughs> okay, so I am currently in America. I landed about a week ago, actually, exactly a week ago. I landed, and I was in Florida, and I bought a car, and I drove it up here to Delaware, where I am now. I'm staying with my friend Daryl. He is lovely. Where's Delaware? Delaware. It was the first state in the U.S. All right, get over it, Delaware. <laughs> About three and a half hours south of New York. We all heard about that ages ago. <laughs> it's not New Delaware. Um, it's it's below New York. Okay. It's Yeah, there's not much here. It's the second smallest state after Rhode Island. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of history here. There's a lot of Amish people here. That's kind of cool. I'm going to go visit all the Amish soon. <laughs> all the Amish? Is that how you say that thing? All the Amish people? Anyway, what is the thing? So, I bought this car and I bought an SUV. Yes. Which is like a four-wheel drive. Yes. It's very big. Yes. And as I was driving from Florida to Delaware, I ended up sleeping in the back for a couple of nights. Yes. So I bought like a little padded mattress thing and a sleeping bag and a blanket and slept the night and it was fine. And so when I moved to Toronto, which I'm doing the next couple of months, oh God. I am seriously considering just living in my car. <laughs> living in your SUV? Like, can you tell yeah. me like how that would work so i would get a gym membership oh god and this is not this, this, this is not because i'm super super broke such a peter idea like <laughs> this is exactly why we never got married <laughs> this is not you've said that about everything no no but this is everything like, that comes up this is like soylent <laughs> living in your car something else you can't use this of. as one of the two examples you've only got two examples <laughs> to compare to this and you're using this as one okay, of okay soylent and also, yep. um, I'm trying to think of some other good ones. Your inability to cook. And you. I don't know if you remember this, but at one point I was like, look, I'm really seriously concerned because we're like, yeah, let's have a family together. And like, you can't cook. And I don't want to like cook all the time. Like, what's going to happen? You were like, we'll just have all of the money and we'll have a chef. Easy. <laughs> that is That is what I said. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah. Do you, like, how do you feel like that was a stupid thing to say? <laughs> I feel like it was a very honest thing to say for where I was at the time. <laughs> where were you? Like, were you just like, I don't understand how the world works, but there will definitely. That is correct. Like, in yes. five years, I will have a chef. Yeah. Yeah. That was basically how I uh, how I saw the world. Oh my god. Yeah. All right. And so, uh, I just want to say, it's not because I'm, like, mega broke or anything like that. It's just because I can't be fucked. Like, you've been trying to look for a house. It's a nightmare. And I don't know how long I'm going to be in Canada. And I don't want to buy furniture and then, like, have to leave again in two to eight months or a year. Or I don't know how long I'm going to be there. And so, if I could live in my car, I would get a gym membership and go to the gym every day, which I want to do anyway, or, like, five days out of, out of the week, and just have a shower straight after that. So, that's showering done. I would either have a little, you know, those shared desk office things? Yeah. I would either have one of those or just work at cafes. Yeah. And the only thing I haven't quite worked out yet is, is food. how to have sex with ladies. Yeah, I think I'd have to go back to the ladies' house. I've been thinking about that. Have you considered, like, how people, like, you're like, yay, let's go back to yours. Like, what, you, 
you you would just reply with I live in my car, so we can do that if you want. Well, I, I think that would be illegal. To oh, to have sex in the car. Is dogging a thing in America, in Canada? What the crap is dogging? <laughs> dogging is like where you go to car parks and watch people have sex. What? Why is that dogging? <laughs> do dogs do that? I'm not sure why it's called dogging, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I think that that's right. <laughs> dogging sites in Melbourne. What? No. Wow. That's not... No, 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 no. So, yeah, no, no, no. That's actually about dogs. No, apparently dogging is also something to do with scaffolding and rigging. (laughs) Okay, so in September 2003, the BBC reported on a dogging craze fueled by the internet. Dogging is a British-English slang term for engaging in public sex, usually in a car park or country park, while others watch them. So it's like... I've never heard of that. Yeah, so it's an English thing. It's to do with, like, you know, voyeurism and exhibitionism. Okay, if you were on a date with a guy and you wanted to go back to his place and he's like, actually, I'm living in my car at the moment, would that be an immediate turn-off for you? Um, <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. It would, like, like, you'd have to play that well, though, for me. Well, the thing is, I'm, I'm fairly successful in my field, so as long as I can get across the idea that it's not like, I'm so broke I'm leaving my car, it's just like, yeah, I choose to leave in my car. I think it becomes a, a fun, quirky thing rather than a, a weird. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like it thing. could be like a, it could be like, ooh, I'm that like cool, like freedom, freedom man, freedom Yeah, that's man. it. And it's sort of like it's this minimalist thing which I kind of enjoy because you can't have much stuff when you live in a car. Have you heard of vanners? Are they people who just live in their van? Yeah, it's a big thing in America because like a lot because with GFC, a lot of people who had big like savings and blah 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 lost it all, so they lost their houses. Yeah. So people moved into vans and then they have like meetups all over the country <laughs> where like they just get all their vans together and hang out. Right. So I would be like a vanner, but in an SUV. Um, oh, I just like, I actually almost lived in a car once while I was in California. I don't know if I told you what about happened? this. Um, no. They rented out the car to someone else. i was living in this i was like wait wait, before you go on (laughs) sometimes my mind creates a story based on the information i have so the story that i'm imagining and i'm fairly sure this is wrong is you went to rent a house you accidentally rented a car (laughs) so like oh well i'll just live in the car and you found out that uh that also rented other people to live in the car with you (laughs) that's not what you mean is it No, that's not totally right. It was, I was living in California and I wanted to move into one of the student cooperative houses, but there weren't any spaces, but there's this one house, this is in the University of California, Berkeley. There's this house called Lothlorien, which is like such a sweet house. And then I was so, I was so young and I didn't understand like what was really going on, but I walked in and like, there was, you know, like women just hanging out with no shirts on and like to me then it was like guys in dresses and like the house had a tree house that people could live in and everything was vegetarian like I was like wow this is so cool I found my people I was like 20 I think and they're like look I'm sorry we don't we don't have any space but there is this van outside that someone's been trying to rent out (laughs) (laughs) 
So there's this van wow. that just like it didn't move. It just sat there. And they're like, you can live in there if you want. And I was like, okay. And then I like tried to get on to the person who owned the van. It turned out they had already rented it out to someone else. Like there was someone else already in it. Right. Okay. So there was never a point where you were like in the van and someone else opened it up and you're like, what are you doing here? And they're like, I live here too. <laughs> no, it was, it was not the romantic comedy of your dreams. <laughs> So yeah, I, I had this idea and I'm not 100% committed to it and I've got like a bunch of other factors that'll come into play before I make a decision, but it's been playing in my head. I'm like, I don't see a downside. I wanted to check your thoughts. I mean, I just wouldn't do that, probably. But that's because I like having space and stuff and you are like a robot. <laughs> in the last two years, I've really realized that my space and where I'm living and, you know, the colors that are in my room and whether everything is neat really greatly affects how good I feel about my life. All oh, right. Man, that would have been useful information when we were together. Yeah. Well, I only realized it when I went out with someone who was really, really anal. And then I started doing that more and then being like, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes me feel more in control and like capable and stuff. So I think when we were going out, I was a very messy person. Oh, yeah. So before <laughs> we went out, I was insanely messy. Uh, my time with you made me much, much neater because someone had to be. And so now I'm oh, actually a really? fairly tidy person. Was I? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, but to, I mean, to me, you were like, you were so messy. Yeah, but I, I was not as messy as you and I got much, much less messy the longer we dated. Yeah, right. Because I was remembering last night how I used to always sleep in my bed with stuff all over it. Yeah. Like... <laughs> Is this a thing that I did while we were going out? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's the thing I, I could, couldn't do. I just couldn't be bothered moving the stuff on off my bed. So I'd be like, it doesn't really bother me that much. I'll just sleep underneath all the things. That's who cares? As long <laughs> as it's not pointy, whatever. And I never made yeah. my bed or anything like that. Uh... Yeah, I'm like, absolutely not like that anymore. I'm like, oh, right. oh, yeah, no, no, no. I like cannot sleep with stuff on my bed. I always make my bed. Like, the only thing is maybe a couple of times I've fell asleep, like, with my guitar in my bed. Because I've been traveling for the last eight months straight, it's become very important to me that I know where everything is. And because I have so little stuff that I'm traveling with... Well, no, not, not that I have so little stuff. It's that I have two suitcases. And I have so much stuff in those suitcases that when I open it up and I don't know where something is, it means 20 minutes of digging through two suitcases and then having to put everything back. It's infuriating. So living in a car sort of, like, helps lean into that like if you live in a car you know where everything is yeah because there's not that much stuff and there's not that much space you have to be really good with space i feel offended that you've been walking around thinking that i'm like this messy person for the past two years well in all fairness you were this messy person for the four years before that so. <laughs> i would say much much longer <laughs> also i've been to your house in the last six months <laughs> but my my room is always really clean that's true your room I can't, is you know i can't than speak completely true. for the rest of the house but like so, I mean, my advice is really boring because it's going to be like, we'll try it and then see if it goes well. Oh, I thought you might have, uh, I thought you might have opinions. Opinions on that. I mean, like, no, my, it's weird. As I've gotten more mentally well, my opinions are more boring, I think. I think that's, that's also part of getting older. I think that, yeah, I think it's also part of getting older. But actually, like, the program that I did that was a year long was all about synthesizing extreme opposites. So it's like all about the middle road, if that makes sense. 
Wait, synthesizing means creating, doesn't it? No, 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 like putting together. Okay, what's synthetic mean? I've no fucking idea. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, the fact that you are now becoming the clean one uh, further supports this whole theory that you are just slowly turning into me. (laughs) Day by day, getting closer and closer to being me. (laughs) No. No. (laughs) But yeah, I think my opinions are like less passionate. I'm more like, oh yeah, you could try that. Yeah. And so I'm seriously thinking of when I get to Toronto, not renting a place, living in a van, or living in an SUV, and yeah, I know, it just seems really interesting to me. I think that I would get lonely. Oh yeah, you like having housemates. Yeah, I I don't like, I don't like feel, like, you feel connected to people quite successfully, it's just through the internet, but I find that flesh. I actually like need flesh to, in your face. I need to see people. I think the correct term is you need flesh in your face. Um, yes, several pounds of flesh <laughs> per month. Right in the face. It's something to do with a Shakespeare. A pound of flesh is the phrase. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of which one is it from. Do you know? I would have no idea. Oh yeah, no, I know. It's the one where there's the Jewish guy. <laughs> What? <laughs> is there a Jewish guy in Shakespeare? I don't think... You're not thinking of Charles Dickens, are you? No, I'm definitely thinking of Shakespeare. The Jewish guy in Shakespeare? I feel like you might be making this up. No, I'm definitely not. <laughs> oh my God. The Merchant of Venice. Who's the Jewish guy in The Merchant of Venice? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Did you type in Pound of Flesh or Jewish guy Shakespeare? <laughs> I don't want to say. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm googling Jewish guy in space in. in... Oh yep, yeah, Shylock. He's a Jewish moneylender. Yep. No, you are all over it. I should never have questioned your knowledge of Shakespeare. Shakespeare. Thank you. Uh, so that was all I had. I thought that'd be more of a reaction than <laughs> it was. My reaction is like, try it. Yep. It sounds interesting. So your advice to me is try it. Yep. It's very boring. I don't have interesting opinions anymore because I am mentally well. <laughs> it's actually kind of a it's actually kind of a thing. Like so I've been doing this training for intentional peer support. As opposed to unintentional peer support? Yeah, as opposed to unintentional peer support. And it's really, really, really interesting. So peer support is basically or intentional peer support has been described as kind of like the opposite of psychiatry. It offers, like, all of the things that psychiatry doesn't offer, if that makes sense. So, it's basically Scientology. Yeah, mostly. Oh, yeah, because Scientology is <laughs> really against psychiatry, isn't it? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yes, don't indeed. they spend, Massively like, heaps of dollars trying to... Yeah, that's, that's one of their main things. They're like, psychiatrists are evil, don't go to psychiatrists. <laughs> we didn't... Instead, do intentional tear support. They're really in favor no, of No, wait, no, why... Like, why don't go to psychiatrists? Like, what? Why are they? So, they Scientologists believe that thetans are. Oh, I am already not on board. <laughs> <laughs> My brain is already like, no, no. What do you know no. about Scientology? Like something to do with Tom Cruise jumping wow. on a okay, couch. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> give you no. That's no. I'm gonna give you a brief, like a brief and vaguely remembered history of Scientology. Oh God. So, Scientology was created by L. Ron Hubbard who is a sci-fi author from like the 40s and 50s, who once famously, before he started Scientology, said, you know the quickest way to become a millionaire? Start a religion. He then started a religion. Did he become a millionaire? Oh, yes. He became so rich off it. 
And uh, he was a sci-fi author. The story of Scientology, like the, the religion, is that an alien god called Xenu sent all of the, I think, the bad spirits of his land to Earth, and they lived in volcanoes, and then populated the world with good people. And then when volcanoes erupted, like all the bad energies... Uh, this is so vague, and I'm, I'm probably getting it wrong, but this is roughly the idea. The bad energies called Thetans, yes. T-H-E-T-A-N, uh, went into the air, and they're always trying to get into your body. So thetans are always trying to get into your body, and every bad thought you have or every bad thing that happens in your life is a result of a thetan. Possibly thetans are the good energies, and you have to like fight off these bad energies using thetans. But either way, thetans are these like positive or negative energies. And uh, have you ever seen Scientology's like on street corners being like, "Hey, come and get a quick thetan test"? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so they they basically wave a thing under you and they ask you questions. And as you say certain things, it'll go like, "Like, do you feel completely satisfied with your life?" Yes. And if you lie or have negative energy, then it can detect that. And so, yes, I think thetan must be negative energies because it's detecting your thetans. Uh, and they tried to do it with my sister when she was like thir- 12 or 13. They're like, hey, do you have... Like, they asked her all the teenage girl questions. They're like, hey, do you ever worry about your body? And she was like, no, why would I worry about my body? <laughs> really? <they're> like, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> your sister's amazing. And like, you know, do you want... Do you, is there a boy at school you like or whatever? And she's like, no, not really. And they're like, oh, but the, the, oh. no, this is working. Wait on, wait on, wait on, wait on. She said that and she obviously wasn't lying. Yeah. And the, and the, the e-reader, isn't it? Is it? E-reader, that's the one. Yeah. Which is hilarious because that's also what a Kindle is now. <laughs> These predate Kindles. <laughs> but an e-reader, it didn't pick up that she... Like, couldn't they say no matter what happened? Like, oh, you're lying or you're not yeah. being totally true with yourself. And so I think they manipulate the e-reader thing so that no matter what you say, it's like... And so, yeah, she was like, uh, do you have problems with your body? And Elizabeth was like, no, that's my sister Elizabeth. She was like, no, not at all. And it was like... And they're like, oh, I'm not sure about this. And she was like, no, I really don't. Like, just don't. And so, yeah, the idea is that to protect yourself from these thetans, you have to go through the levels of Scientology. And Scientology has, I think, like 10 or 15 levels. Oh my god, it's like a game. Yeah, except you have to pay money to advance through the levels. Just like a and game. And it gets more and more expensive. No, like, I mean, thousands of dollars to get from level 3 to 4. Oh, and okay. tens of thousands of dollars to get from 4 to 5. There isn't any option, like in Candy Crush, where you can just change the time <laughs> on your iPad so that then it's... It thinks it's been a day or something? Sadly enough, there is not. And part of the Scientology belief is that drugs, as like those prescribed by uh, scientists, will actually screw up your thetan levels or whatever and let all these bad energies in. I mean, they are sort of right in that psychiatric drugs <laughs> like are often not good for you. Right, but they're also really, really often good for you. I mean, I said sort of in a, in a, in a loose way. Did you know that, like, people with mental illness... Oh, I hope I get this right. Their life expectancy is 20 years less. Yeah, I think I've heard that. And a big part of that is to do with, like, the drugs that you're prescribed. Like, I was previously on lithium, which is actually mm-hmm. a really dangerous drug to take long-term. And, like... Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, like, I had to go through a lot of tests to make sure that my heart was still working properly and... All that kind of stuff. Do you know how they discovered lithium's effects? How? So there was a, a psychiatric hospital, which back way, way back before modern medicine was where they put people and just like locked them up and an zapped them with electrodes and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah an asylum. And they noticed that uh, one table in the cafeteria were really like quiet and subdued compared to everyone else. 
Yeah. And they found out that the, the meal that they were eating had had lithium, like, dripping into it from the pipes or whatever. Like, there'd been some kind of weird lithium leak. Because lithium's a base chemical. Yeah. You don't... It's not It's not a concoction. It's just one of the base elements. And somehow lithium had gotten into their food. And they're like, oh, that has a really stabilizing effect. And then they did tests and they're like, oh, this is just a really easy-to-use drug. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? I actually have, a, like... I have... I mean, I'm... Obviously, I'm like a... Whatever is helpful is my... Like Metra. first opinion, and then the opinion behind that opinion is <laughs> I don't really like your, drugs. Your backup opinion, <laughs> but that's also because I I've never found I've never found drugs to be effective for me, and also yeah, see, I find the the drugs are bad kind of philosophy. No, really no, no, helpful no, 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 no. I don't think stop that, taking. I don't them. think the drugs are bad. I just think that like I know like that sometimes you can get into the the trap of like being like drugs are the answer does that make sense i don't think that drugs are bad i think people should take drugs but i'm saying that i don't have any strong positive attachment to drugs because i've never had drugs work for me right so so like i'm like eh, like and also i've heard of stories of people taking drugs and like their drugs are effective and then after five years the drug just stops working and then they can't yeah. find... And they haven't got any any methods to cope because they've just been using the drug. Hopefully they're using a combination of things. But yeah, like... Yeah. I, and people like being like, I just need the drugs to get right. And that puts you in a very vulnerable and disempowered position. Does that make sense? Yeah. I know it's, a, it's, yeah, still, it's I still don't think that drugs are bad. I just think that it does put you in this really disempowered position. You know how when you hang out with someone long enough, you kind of get their voice in your head a little bit? Yeah. There's one thing that you said ages back. Uh, I don't think it was on a podcast. I think it was just when we were hanging out and chatting. And since then, I've, it's it's almost become like one of my life mantras. Like it's one of the core beliefs that I have. Oh, I think I know what it is. Is it don't be, don't be right, be useful? No, no, it's shorter than that. Oh, because that one is good. Is it don't be a dick? <laughs> no, no, that one, that's never Is been. it use, use your words? No. Okay. Good. I don't think you're going to get it. Okay. Uh, it's just shit's complicated. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, shit's you complicated. You said it like in this, in this, in this kind of semi-resigned, like, I don't know, shit's complicated. <laughs> I would back myself up and I think I am right. Oh, yeah, no, I, I, I think about that a lot. Uh, as, I, as I work on and develop my own personal philosophies and adjust them and all that, more and more, uh, this is what I was saying earlier, you know, when you get older, you get older, we're in our 20s. Um, but as, as, you, as you get older, as you stop being quite as young, I don't know how to put that... <laughs> Getting older is a process that continually happens. It's not a thing that has to happen at a certain age. <laughs> As you get older, young ones, uh, you will find... Oh, no, I know. Oh, I... Fuck. You just sound like a dickhead now. Yeah. I have found, as I got older... There we go. More and more myself leaning towards the middle, like, of any two extremes. And this is like what you were saying earlier when I was like, should I live in a car? What's her wacky response going to be? And you're like, eh, try it. <laughs> like, oh, man. Four years ago, SJ would have been like, what? And then got on a diatribe. I think tribe. I probably would have been more interested in, like, how are you going to have sex in that car? And now I'm just I'm like... Probably just not going to, yeah. You'll work it out, or you won't, or whatever. <laughs> and so, more and more, whenever I come across any kind of debate, or any kind of, like, which is better, my response is almost always internally, shit's complicated. The question you're asking yeah. is... is breaking stuff down into two options which is just never going to be right i'm generally like how do i find a synthesis of the two actually you would probably really like this so i was talking before about intentional peer support 
and how it's anti-psychiatry. I didn't actually really get to actually explaining what it is. So what it looks like is is uh, they have like... <laughs> there was a god called Xenu. There was a god and... called Xenu, and then we have these <laughs> e-meters. Uh, what is and it? And we can tell if the psychiatry has gotten in and infected your bloodstream. <laughs> Oh, okay, I'm going to say one other quick thing about Scientology, which is that they believe in when they give birth, total silence in the room. Like the mother is not allowed to make any noise. The doctors and nurses are not allowed to make any noise. Wow. Because they think that the thing that happens when the kid is born is what will influence the rest of their life. And so if they first hear like stressful stuff, then they'll be stressed their life. Whereas they hear total calm and silence, then they'll be calm. Not how humans work, just for the record. Isn't it? No, the thing that happens in the first five seconds of your life is not going to majorly influence you unless they like, cut a bit off of you. <laughs> Or kill you, <laughs> in which case that'll really majorly influence you. And so when uh, Katie Holmes had her kid Suri, she had her she had Suri in total silence. She didn't say anything. Yep, no one said anything. It was a completely silent room until the baby cried. Jesus, how long did it take for the baby to cry? Like three days? About Twelve years. <laughs> <laughs> we both we made the, the same, same joke. Different time periods. <laughs> I just um, went and saw um, Randy July speak last night. And How was it? So Miranda July is like one of my favorite artists. I won't go into why she's amazing, but she did this bit where she was talking. The talk was like a little bit uh, talking about her artistic practice over time and how she sort of got to be with her where she is, but obviously missing heaps of detail. And she did this bit where she was like, well, so I did that. And then I had done that other thing and that other thing. And then I realized that like life was just like you work as hard as you can on the things and then you keep doing that and then you do that again until you die <laughs> and she was like oh so then I had a kid <laughs> <laughs> and it just made me think about that a lot I was talking about it with one of my friends who has kids and she was saying like I think that they're right that like you know there's all this stuff around having having true happiness or whatever is about having something that you are committed to that is outside of yourself. Yeah. But I was like, I would like to make the argument that you can have a bunch of things that are outside of yourself that aren't having babies. <laughs> I think yeah. there's a, Oh yeah. Yeah. I think absolutely. there's a few other things you could do. You could yeah. <laughs> that, uh, social activism. Or, yeah. There's lots of things uh, that you could do that are outside. Or racism. Of, you could really dedicate yourself to racism. So a peer support worker is someone who has, is I like this phrase, an expert by experience um, rather than an expert by profession. Right. And often it's running peer support groups. So that's like a group just of people who have experienced mental illness. I haven't seen it in another scenario, really. I've like only really seen this in, in like mental health. Um, or it's like one-on-one -on -one conversations, sort of like, you know, sort of like a therapy. But it, how it's different is... It's a little bit confusing, but it's an, a horizontal relationship. Like, so, okay, so I'm going to explain, I'm going to explain it by just explaining a little bit about psychiatry and how that works. So first of all, you know that bit from, is it David Foster Wallace? He has that speech, what is water? No, this is water. No, I know nothing about David Foster Wallace. It's a really, really beautiful speech. At the start, he tells the story of like, old fish swims past a young fish and the old fish goes like how's the water and the young fishes look to each other and they're like what's water right so that kind of thing of like, I like how your explanation of what intentional peer support worker starts with a quote from david <laughs> <Foster Wallace. laughs> 
<laughs> this is not in the I like the intentional Pierce Fort like handbook. That was just that was just me throwing it in there. Anyway, so so I say that because like doing the training has made me really think about the structures of psychiatry and the structures of um, mental health services and how how they affect someone's self identity in ways that are so foundational that we don't even realize that it's happening. That's what I mean by the this is water thing is like water is everywhere. So ubiquitous that they're like, I don't even know what that is. One of the things that we did was we did this exercise where you had to think about your, like an experience that you've had in your life and then write it out using medical language. So like diagnostic language, stuff like that. And then write your same experience using no medical language at all. And it just like, like it completely changes how you relate to those things happening to you. The second one deeply humanizes those experiences, whereas like the first one deeply, like it's Feels like it's really othering. And then yeah. if you think about how people use that language on themselves to then describe their own experiences and then how in doing so, like you other yourself through your description of of your experience to yourself like all of this is ha all of this happens internally so then there's this other thing of like language creates reality right so if the language that you are using is othering like it it makes the problem worse so it's about kind of like looking at how the mental health system works and how like say you know that you know the term learned helplessness we we're talking about that in terms of like it should actually be like taught helplessness or constrained yeah. constrained choice because when you think about if you're someone like like myself who's been in the mental health care system for a significant period of time whatever that means to you it means that you're always in this helpy role like you are always the person who needs the help you're always the person right. who isn't like isn't the expert is the person that yeah. can't cope, is the person that You're is struggling. Seeking, yeah. seeking advice or wisdom or, or assistance. Yeah, so part of what uh, like intentional peer support is about is like, hey, you know, being in that role is going to actually make the shit worse because it's difficult to think well of yourself if you're cons consistently, regularly, over time, kept in these roles where you are disempowered and where you are by the nature of them told that you aren't capable. So peer support is more about like having horizontal relationships and by horizontal, I just mean equal. And the idea is that both people are learning. So even if you're working with someone who is the peer support worker, the idea is that like no one is actually an expert because the idea that you could be a person that someone else could learn from is very empowering. Anyway, I'm really new to this stuff, but I'm just, totally fascinated with it because I'm like oh my god like these systems are set up that and they make people they make people sick because they disempower you what did I write down the diagnosis is a sophisticated form of abuse which is like a particular you know slant on that thing diagnosis is also yeah. really like diagnosis is also really really helpful I didn't think yeah. that was a quote from like something that someone quoted I, I just think it's interesting again to like look at the you know look at the two sides because yeah, yeah. shit's complicated 
Diagnosis. <laughs> Shit's complicated. Diagnosis isn't solely good or bad. Like for for it's me, complex, it was really yeah. really helpful in some ways, and then it was also it was helpful in a lot of ways for me to understand my experience, and then it was also really helpful in a lot of ways for me to like completely tear myself apart. So <laughs> yeah. So yeah, no, I know what you mean. We're as humans, we're, we're we want to make things as simple as possible. Like we want. To, we want our bad guys wearing black hats and our good guys wearing white hats and we want to be like no diagnosis is good look at the good it's done uh hitler was evil look at the evil he's done obama is good he's done good things and none of those like all those statements are sure they're true but they're also shit's complicated like there's so much more to every single facet of life than that everything like that that's what makes it so overwhelming i think that's why as humans we are designed or, or evolved to just try to simplify things because if you try to yeah if, if we can be like okay look being a vegan is good uh going to church is good voting labor or greens or liberal is good then we're like we've done that and we can just wipe that off our mental load for the day we don't have to carry that the processing around anymore well the thing that i dislike about like those kind of things is that then it means that there's shame around not those things Right. I have a good friend who's vegan. Occasionally, she will eat something that's not vegan. And then she'll always apologize for it. And I'm like, <laughs> it's your thing. And yeah. and also, like, I understand that shame, but I'm also like, you're doing a better job than me. I'm not vegan. And, and like, <laughs> like, what kind of asshole would I be to be like, oh, eating a bit of cheese, are we? <laughs> what a fuck oh, you're swallowing a live pig in the corner. <laughs> um for me i think it's really dangerous when it comes to stuff like i mean i'm going to use the the classic example which is rapists oh, and God. people are like this guy couldn't be a rapist he was a nice guy or you know uh and we just want to make it so easy we want rapists to be monsters and we want people who aren't monsters to not be rapists and in fact someone who is like, what is a good person? If someone saves 100 lives and donates $20,000 to charity and starts a movement which saves a million people from bad things and also rapes people, we're like, well, I, I thought they were a good person, but it turns out they're a bad person. No. Like, it's just, it's way more complicated than that. I didn't actually want to comment on that. <laughs> That's okay, you don't have to. Okay, good. Did I say something wrong? I don't want to comment on it. Are you offended? I just want to make sure I haven't pissed you off. No, I'm not offended. Shit's just complicated. Shit is complicated. Uh, you know what's not complicated? Our outro? Uh, signing up to our mailing list. You just go to beinghonestwithmyx.com, click on mailing list, and then enter your email address and answer some quick, fun, optional questions, and you're in. As well as that, you can follow us on Twitter. We are at sign honestwithmyx. You know what is slightly more complicated? actually getting our mailing list <laughs> yeah so it's it's going to spam filters and we don't know why or how to fix that so every friday it comes out like wednesday thursday every friday search your spam for being honest with my ex at gmail.com which is where it comes from and it should be there and we're moving our conversation about this podcast to sj's facebook page how can they find that sj is it easy or is shit complicated actually it is like I would say it's the middle road of those two things, <laughs> <laughs> which is that you can find it on Facebook. My name is spelled honorable mention, like honor, like honorable mention, but American. But American. 
I feel like you're making this more complicated than it needs to be. Like, shit is already complicated. You don't need to over. I know, but I feel like I'm the only person that cares about this and no one else gives a fuck that, like, I'm, I, no one can spell my name. No one, no one else cares. It's just me. The thing is, the time it would take you to spell it would be shorter than being like, okay, so you take the word honorable. Now you don't use the last bit. No able, just honor. However, (laughs) and here's the twist. Use the American spelling. Like, instead, you could just be like, H-O-N-O-R. My name is Anna Easterly. <laughs> That's what people want to call me. I had someone call me Ona. Like, O-N-U-R. Ona. Oh, maybe it's a German accent thing. I do have quite a pronounced German accent. And our outro today is from Elliot. Who's Elliot? Uh, he's someone who listens to the podcast. He's lovely. Oh, okay. He sounds good. I like him. Thanks for listening to Being Honest With My Ex. If you enjoyed the podcast, subscribe to us on iTunes, leave a review, and tell your friends. Peter is my favourite son. Aw, thanks, Elliot. Thank you, Elliot. Now, that's actually the last outro we have, so if you've ever wanted to record an outro, now is the time to do it. Email it to us, beinghonestwithmyex at gmail.com, and you can hear your lovely voice on the podcast. Cool. (laughs) That's all. Oh.